All right, let's get into the Word today. If you have a Bible, go ahead and get that out, or a Bible on your phone, and uh, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We've been teaching a series the last couple of weeks, and this has been our, uh, our main text. I don't know if I'll use this every week going forward, but I needed to lay the foundation um, of this passage to get the concepts that I believe the Lord has specifically directed us to talk about. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, let's begin in verse 1. It reads, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. I find that interesting that he's telling one church what another church is doing. And I want to ask the question, is that the way it's supposed to be? Does God still do things that way? I think the answer is yes. That many times he will reveal himself or he'll, there'll be a move of God in one place and not all places at the same time. But the move of God in one place is not only supposed to do what it was supposed to do in that one place, it was also supposed to start a fire somewhere else, be an instigator of that same grace and move of God in another location. Okay, can we learn from what God is doing elsewhere? Yes, Yes, we can and we should. And again, many times it happens in one place and others hear about it or see it or they know people that are there and they start becoming hungry for it. They start desiring the move of God in their own life. That's a good thing, right? And, uh, and, and so we want to be that for other places. We want to benefit from how God uses other churches and other people and ministries. And if they're seeing something, some kind of move of God that, that we're not, well, now I have a visual. Amen. Now I have a testimony. Now I have something to attach my faith to and say, uh, Lord, here we are. You're no respecter of persons. Yeah. yeah. So we can learn from how he's working in other people's lives. It's one reason we like to share testimonies around here. You hear about someone getting healed of something that you need healed of, it ought to encourage your faith and spur you on to lay hold of what he has made available to you as well. In this case, Paul is telling the Corinthians what's happening in Macedonia. All right? So the Macedonian grace was then being instigated, stirred up in in Corinth. All right? And if that can go from Macedonia to Corinth, why can't it end up in Idaho? I mean, that's the reason it's written for our benefit is so that we can see, oh, this is one of the things that God does. This is one of his graces that he, that he gives people and it causes them to act in, a, in, the, in a, the appropriate way. We can have this too. Verse two, that in great trial of, of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality or generosity. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. That's called the offering. That was the money they were sending. Verse five, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. 
And so entering into God's grace-forgiving, it's a very specific and and life-changing power. It begins with dedication of oneself to the Lord. It doesn't begin with dedicating the offering. It begins with self, all right? That's what precedes anything we do for God or for the kingdom. The concept here is that of a sold-out life. You know what that phrase means? When someone is sold out to something, they are all in, they're completely, uh, they completely have given themselves to the Lord. Uh, how many know Christianity was never meant to be a part-time gig? Something I do on the side. Well, I do my life, oh yeah, and I believe in Jesus. Or, and I squeeze church in when I can. All right. Can I tell you, just straight up, no condemnation, if you do that, you're doing it wrong. And it's not going to work. I mean, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Trying to be a part-time Christian is just never successful. Okay? When you give your life to the Lord, it's our day job and our night job. Okay? It is something that is to be all the time. I, I, I think about... Um, when young kids first start learning how to play football, tackle football, and coaches will instruct them on tackling. And one of the things they are usually taught is that you shouldn't tackle someone halfway. Don't, don't hit them lightly. All right. What happens is when they give a partial effort, they usually get hurt. And however, it may not seem to make sense, but if you hit them hard, you're not going to get hurt right? You have to go for it. You have to go all in with it, okay? If that doesn't make a good sense with you, what about Miyagi? <laughs> Miyagi, not the apostle Miyagi, I'm talking about <laughs> sensei. <laughs> Miyagi taught Daniel's son, karate, no karate, if in the middle of the road, you get squished. So, <laughs> so if you're going to do karate, you go all in with that. Right? We don't want to get squished. These principles are true with the Lord. Yeah. Someone said, someone said to me, try walking up a staircase 99% on each step. <laughs> I'm mostly in. Yeah, you're on your, your face. Uh, but it takes, it takes real faith to give God your all. And, and sometimes people might think that sounds risky. If I give him everything, if I give him all of me, he might want me to do something that I don't want to do. Yeah, that's possible. That is entirely possible. But here's the thing. Uh, it's not risky to go all in with God. It's risky to go partway with him. Amen. That is really dangerous. You're going to get hurt. But when we go all in, yeah, he might want us at times to do things we, we don't want to do. But we're talking about a God who loves us. He's super smart. <laughs> and he's powerful. And, he, I mean, he gave us his all. If you're going to commit to anyone, that's the safe, the safe person to give your life to. Is to go all in with the Lord. And, and I don't want to risk my life by being a part-time Christian. That's dangerous. 
because I'm going to get offended. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to have things not work for me. And then, then doubt comes in. Then deception will ride on the back of that and say, I don't even know if this is real. It doesn't work for me. It's because you're not tackling right. Daniel's son, get out of the road, <laughs> right? This only works when we do what these, these Corinthians did, uh, or the, the Macedonians did. They first gave themselves, and then the grace of God was on them to go beyond their own ability. My own ability is insufficient. I come up short. But when I go beyond my ability, in obedience to the Lord, I enter into his blessing, into his grace, and that's the way he designed this to work. Hallelujah. Now, this is interesting in the fifth verse. Let me draw your attention to it again. He says, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. If you notice that the word then, if you're reading like me, the New King James, then is italicized. It, it's, it's, it was added by the translators, and I don't think it's supposed to be there. It implies we gave to the Lord. When we were done with that, we gave ourselves to our spiritual leaders, all right? In, in reality, that word is not there. That was one motion. They gave themselves to the Lord and to us, not then to us, all right? And uh, in fact, the New Living reads this way, uh, they even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. They're saying before we gave our offering, we gave ourselves to the Lord and, and to our leaders. Now, that first part is usually easy to digest. I gave my life to the Lord. It's the second part that people sometimes trip over. I, I gave my life to who? To the pastor? To the apostle? To the, te to, the, to the ministers? Oh, no. I'm not giving my life to them. I'll give my life just, just to the Lord. And here's the, here, and that's not what they did. It, it was one motion, like I said. Here's the error we sometimes make in fear of, of, of doing something um, too practical or too uh, relational on this level. The, the, the danger is separating our relationship with God from any practical activity like church and people. We want, some want to say, I love God, I just don't like church. Okay, can I tell you? You don't love God if you don't love church. Now that might be shocking to some, but can I tell you? The Lord loves his church. I mean, this is his baby, right? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's what he is doing. And so when someone wants to claim love for God, I'm, I'm tight with the Lord. It's just, I don't like people. <laughs> I don't like what he, I don't like the church. We are missing it in this regard. And it's this separation that we do out of safety, but it, it's, it's a half tackle. Okay, think about it. How do I serve God? Well, in large part, I serve God by serving people. Yeah, there's some of it that you could say is direct because I'm in obedience to him. But I serve people. How do I show my love for God? By showing 
love and forgiveness and generosity to people? How, how, do I, um, how do I give to the Lord? I can't wire him money, and it wouldn't be worth anything there anyway. I give to the Lord by giving to people or ministries and the things that God's doing on the earth. That's how we do this. So there is a direct connection between my relationship with God and my relationship with you. And if I want to separate and take all the practical out of this and say, it's just spiritual. What do you mean? No one can see it. No one can identify it. It can't, it can't be you know, said that you did it or you didn't do it because it's all just in my heart. Right? And I think that's where we miss it. And that's where these, uh, these believers here in Macedonia, they weren't mincing words here. They had a spiritual and a practical or natural component to their dedication. Hallelujah. I just love the Lord with all my heart. Good for you. I do too. Do you also love him with other things? That can be seen. That you can write down. That others could observe. And I think this is the type of relationship that God wants in, with us. And uh, it, it is the kind of, of relationship that works. When, when, when uh, Saul was on the road to Damascus, and he had that great experience with the Lord, with the light, and they fell to the ground, and, and these things. Jesus spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting? He wouldn't know the next word? Me. Me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting my people? Yet, yet Saul was not persecuting Jesus directly. Right? He couldn't get to him <laughs> directly. He was persecuting the church. He was persecuting people, and the Lord said, that's me. So that's both a wake up and I take comfort in that. <laughs> Meaning I don't want to mess with you because I'm in a negative way because I'm messing with Jesus. And you better not mess with me because you're messing with Jesus, right? So he takes this very personal and it's the way we should see this. Now, we can see that the Macedonians gave themselves to the Lord. So what does that look like practically? What does, it, what does it mean to belong to the Lord? If you're a Christian here, then that it was, would be one of the statements you would make about yourself. I, the Lord, I have the Lord in my life. I belong to him. But I think we can potentially just spiritualize that and remove um, some very real natural components that are supposed to be there. I want you to turn, if you would, with me to the first book of Corinthians. So it's a short left. And and verse, uh, chapter 6, chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18. Everybody got it? It reads, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body, now what's the subject here? You have multiple times you see this, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God 
and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I think we might automatically say, well, of course we glorify God in our spirit. But it's the body that's in question. How, how do I glorify God with my body? When we say, I gave myself to the Lord, that's not supposed to be symbolic. It is, it is not a Sunday thing. Giving yourself to the Lord is totally a Monday thing. If it doesn't show up on Monday, it wasn't real on Sunday. If what we do on a Sunday is not reflected on a Monday, we were probably playing religious games. Because we can have this idea, I give you my life or I give you my heart or in my spirit I glorify you. But if that doesn't practically alter the things that we say and do and how we conduct our lives on Monday, then is it real? Or is it a half tackle? Everybody okay? All right. Uh, When we got saved, and this is interesting, God took ownership of us. He, He bought us. Spirit, soul, and body. Oh, the Lord has my heart. Great. Does he have your body? So I don't want to talk about my body. <laughs> I know, but we have to read the Bible. We don't get to That's choose right. our own book here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Amen. Think about it. He created us. So he's the creator, so he would naturally own us by way of creation. But he gave us the right to choose. He gave us the right to submit or not. And we gave ourselves away. Adam did it, and we rode on his coattails, and we would have done the same thing. Uh, Gave us away, and so God owned us, but then he gave us the right to go astray. And so, you know, remember Jesus would tell people, you are of your father, the devil. Of the devil? Not of God? Nope, of the devil. Well, that's the sinful condition. Of the devil, influenced by him. But Jesus came and bought us back, and that's what this is saying. We were bought at a price. What's that price? That's the precious blood of Jesus. All right, no dollar amount could could affect it. It took the blood of the Son of God to purchase us. But now he bought us back and he owns us again. Okay? And this is a mentality that I don't know that we all want to embrace, but I tell you, it's, it's the only way it works. It's the only way this grace that went on Macedonia gets on us. It's only way his grace gets on us to such a degree that Christianity totally works. And it works not only I'm going to heaven, it works in a practical sense from day to day. It has got to be this way or we're misrepresenting who he is and we're going to trip all day long. And so this idea that he owns me, okay, contrast that with with, uh, common uh, popular cultural talk. Um, for example, when people want to discuss the, the subject of abortion, right? Usually those that are for it will use the, the argument or the language, the verbiage of a woman has the right to do whatever she wants with what? Her own body. It's her body, 
her choice. That's the argument. How many know a Christian woman, or but man too, but men don't get pregnant, contrary to new ideas. Uh, uh, but well, watch. But a Christian, someone who has given their lives to the life to the Lord, they would never say that. Why? Because they know he purchased me and I don't have a body. Meaning my body is not really owned by me. I am the caretaker, right? I'm the manager. I'm the steward of it. I'm going to make it last as long as I can to do the will of God. And then he's going to re-energize it. The glory will hit it and it'll be, you know, glorified and made new and be amazing. Right. But we don't, we don't think this way as, as a Christian. I don't think this is my money. This is my body. This is my schedule. This is my plan for my life. No, I've given my life to the Lord. And so I take all that and put it in subjection to him. So by the way, see, that sounds extreme. That's the only way this works. This doesn't work if I try to do it another way. I will struggle and I'll misrepresent the Lord and I'll fall all over myself if, if I'm trying to do his will my way. Live his life with my, my methods. So this is a real positive thing, even though it might sound, like I said, risky, like I give him a whole life, like he gets to call the shot. And this is something that should be embraced by us. And, we, and if we'll change our thinking, we'll enter into his grace. Here's what I mean by change, change our thinking. I, I stop thinking that being a Christian means I do whatever I want. But I do go to church some. I do, you know, give some. I try to be nice to a few people. And... No, 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 I can't think that way. Being, being a believer means I don't do whatever I want. My starting point is I am here to do your will. Now, in the middle of that, the Lord gives you freedom to eat ice cream if you want. Right? There's a lot of enjoyable things that aren't spiritual, and the Lord's not opposed to it. But that's not where I'm starting. I'm here to do my will. No, that's the opposite of being a Christian. So I'd say, well, a little bit, if he owns us, it's like we're slaves. Yeah. (laughs) But also, now listen. But also, family. Also, friends. Also, joint heirs of God with Christ. This relationship and connection we have with the Lord is described by multiple things. I don't want to leave any of those out because some people will get into such a, I don't know, a bondage mentality and all they think of is, I'm just a slave to God, slave to his will. Do, do, you, do you know that he loves you? That you are family? That you have access to the refrigerator? Come on. You have, a, you have the password, the, 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 you know, the code. The, you have, Jesus said it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So I want to have that. But I, you know, I want to know what belongs to me. I want to know my place in Christ. And that's so freeing and joy-filled. I also want to know and this is the, the serious part that I don't want to leave out. He purchased me. He bought me. Someone says, well, I don't want to be 
I, I, I'm, I'm not owned by anyone. I, I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I do what I want. Okay, but you're not saved then. You can do that. You can reject the purchaser. I decline. I decline to be owned by God. All right, you can. And be lost in your sin. So, you know, there's a recommendation here. (laughs) I like what Peter wrote about our lives and used some specific words. It's 1 Peter 2, 9. I want to share this with you from the Amplified Bible. It it, it reads, uh, we'll put up on the screen. Uh, But you are a, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Look at the language there. We're a dedicated nation. His own purchased special people. This is how God describes us. It's how we should think about ourselves. Uh, Okay, now consider this. That that language, um, a dedicated nation, you might recognize that passage in other translations will say a holy nation. Okay, we're holy, we're dedicated. Holy is dedicated. If we say we are holy unto the Lord, yes, that means we're dedicated. And so I ask the question, can someone be holy? In other words, can they live a holy life if they are not dedicated to the Lord? And I think that's very difficult. Can someone live a holy life while being self-owned and self-directed? And I think those things run cross to each other. You see, our lives were purchased by him and part of the way to describe that is not just how we feel about spiritual matters and about our relationship with the Father. Part of that would be described in how we handle our body. In fact, over and over. In fact, you might be familiar with Romans chapter 12, which uses some of this same verbiage. In, in, In Romans 12, let's put this one up today. In verse one, it reads... Uh, it reads, <laughs> I beseech you, I urge, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your, what's that? Bodies. Your bodies. Say, so, well, not my bodies. I gave the Lord my heart. It's my spirit that was born again. Don't you know, Brother Paul? Uh, No, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is reasonable. This is not extreme. This is pretty basic. Say, I want to be a believer. I want to be a Christian. I want to have a relationship with God. Good, good for you. Get saved. And now that you're saved, give him your body. Well, no, 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 no. That's my body. No, Jesus bought your body. By the way, he's not going to discard it one day. How many know our body's not going to just be thrown thrown away for all eternity? That body that you're in right now, you may not completely like it, but it's been it's been affected by sin and in the fallen world. But it's this body that's going to be made alive and glorified. You're going to have that body forever. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Any imperfection will be gone and you'll be wonderful and happy with it forever. But Jesus bought that body and he's not going to lose it. So on the earth, while we're here right now, what's our job? Present your body. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a service like that where we had an altar call and it wasn't come give your heart to the Lord. Come give your life to Jesus. It was a body dedication service. Now, I'm not going to do that today. We don't have enough space up here because everyone would have to be up here. Me too. And we say, Lord, here we go. I'm offering you a sacrifice to you. Here's my body. You get to do with it what you want. Look at this, uh, this same verse from the Amplified Bible. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. So what, what is this? This whole giving your body thing, again, People say, no, no, I like my body. I want to do with it what I want. Listen, it's smart, it's rational, it's intelligent, it's reasonable, and it's worship. Sometimes we might need to put our hands down and close our mouth and stop singing the song and give him our bodies. And it would glorify him more than singing at the top of our voice. Because if all I can do is sit and don't take this wrong, I believe in shouting and singing and worshiping God verbally and uh, with song, we do that all day long, but if the next day we're all of a sudden making all the decisions about our life, we don't consult, we don't submit, we don't yield ourselves, we just do whatever we want. I don't know, the worship seems to ring hollow now. It might have sounded good. Maybe you can be on American Idol or something, but I don't know if, I don't know if it sounded good in heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So, Again, the question goes to, is our body important to God? Does it matter what we do with it? It does. It does. And I think we ought to consider that in all decisions and things that, how we're taking care of our body. People ask questions. Is it okay to do this? Is it okay to have this? Is it, you know, and I'm just leaving it generic on purpose, but uh, can I do this with my body? Is this okay? Well, why don't you talk to the Lord? He's the owner. Read the word, and if it's clear in the word, then I think you're good to go. Talk to the Lord. Lord, is this okay with, with you? Rather than I'm self-owned and having that mentality. Let me go back to this. If it's, if, if, if it's self-owned, I'm resisting the grace of God that comes with a giving of self. They first gave themselves, and the grace of God came upon them, and they gave offerings beyond what their ability was. I start with me. I start with, with giving him my life, my, which includes my body, my mind, my everything. Then grace hits me. And now I'm living what some would call a supernatural life. Now I'm going beyond natural and I've entered into God's ability. If I've given him my body, how many know I'm not saying, I don't live by sayings like, if it feels good, do it. As long as it makes you happy, go ahead. No, nope, not going to live by that. Mm -mm. Well, this is just who I am. I got to be myself. Nope, not going to let that be my guide. That's not going to be my motto. 
I'm here to do your will, oh God. Amen. And that's, that's going to be what guides me. Because yeah. there's some things our bodies want, and your body needs to hear no. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. All of us. Sometimes your body wants to do things and behave in such a way that is not the will of God. It's not helpful. And we just have to learn to say no. Right, Spiritual people do that. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, in conclusion today, let me tell you about the farm animals. Okay, they got together one day and they were really happy uh, with their farmer. The farmer was so generous with them and took care of them and fed them and they, were, they loved the farmer so much. And so one day the cow and the chicken got together and they said, you know, uh, the farmer's so, so, so nice. We should do something for him. He's always taking care of us. What can we do for the farmer? And one of them said, let's make breakfast. <laughs> and the, the other said, well, what do you think? What would he like? How about bacon and eggs? <laughs> Maybe a little milk, glass of milk. And the pig overheard. And he came in there and said, what? And the pig said, for you guys, that's just a very small sacrifice. But for me, that's total commitment. <laughs> right? And there's something about <laughs> the level of us giving ourselves to the Lord. Now, we're not trying to physically die for the Lord. You understand, Jesus died in our place. But giving yourself to that end, to where say, oh, well, this could cost me everything. Yep, and that's how you're going to gain everything. Amen? Amen? Yeah. You lose your life and gain it all. And now it's you plus God on you. And like the Macedonians, you're able to go beyond what you're able to do. It's not a testimony of your discipline of your commitment. It's not a testimony of your smarts and your ability. It's a testimony that says, I could never in a million years have made my life what it is. I am here by the grace of God. Praise God. He's glorified. We're aided. We're helped and rewarded. Others see us and are directed to him. Amen. We're like the moon reflecting the sun and others are drawn to the Lord. Praise God. Father, thank you for working in here today, working in our lives, working in us abundantly, exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. I thank you that our lives are no longer limited to what we can do, to what we can accomplish, but our lives are a picture, an image of the fullness of you working in and through us. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart. Say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead and he's alive today. I receive him now 
as my Savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday and you are more than welcome to be here. Visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you.